Good evening, college football friends and fans to all points north, south, east, and west. This is your intrepid host, Dennis Jarvis II, and this is our third episode of Outside the Huddle with DJ2. Uh, ironically, uh, we're coming to you at an odd time. It's April 6th, 2020, and we are in the midst of the COVID shutdown, the global pandemic that has caused uh, college football teams, fans, just general people, a hard time. And, you know, we saw middle February, early March, this started having a catastrophic effect on college football uh, with most conferences, Power Five, the G5, all doing away with college football, all college football practices. Uh, We lost spring games. And now we have this unknown hanging out there. Are we going to have a college football season uh, starting with camp in August? In games that are that week zero with Navy and Notre Dame, Marshall and East Carolina, leading into week one with uh, such noteworthy games as uh, West Virginia and Florida State, uh, my personal favorite, Morgan State and Appalachian State. But seriously, in between all of that, uh, we've got to get right down to the rigor. Can we have players uh, which consist of 150 people with personnel and physicians and team uh, individuals, student interns, etc., and all the players on a field in a locker room uh, with that are closer than six feet of each other. Can we have a stadium such as Kid Brewer with capacity at 32,000 plus? Can we, with other uh, programs like Michigan, the Big House, Penn State, uh, Notre Dame, Florida State, LSU, Clemson, where these have excess of 80,000 plus, Neyland Stadium, 110,000, the Big House in Michigan, 107, 108,000. Can we sustain that? And can it be safe for everyone? Uh, this is a great question, and it's virtually an unknown. Um it seems to me at this point right now, the, uh, the COVID-19 cases are dropping. Uh, when I mean dropping, we've had this curve, we have models, and it looks as if there won't be the pure impact that we were talking about. Um, it's still catastrophic, but we have coaches out like Dabu Sweeney saying, look, we're going to kick this thing in the daggum teeth and we're moving forward. And the financial impact that college football not playing on any program in this country, be it Power 5, the G5, FCS level, uh, NAIA, Division 2, Division 3, the NCAA, at all. What we can see, frankly, is a devastation of college athletics as we know it. Uh, The math just doesn't work. Without games, without revenue from radio, television, uh, the great games that Appalachian has, for example, App State has with Morgan State, that's a a money game for Morgan State. Morgan State is a FCS team. Uh, You have a team like James Madison who plays North Carolina. Can we... Let them lose a million, two million dollars of contracts 
Uh, I think the Power Five can sustain themselves. Uh, I don't think the G5 could. And as you go down that pecking order, neither could anyone else. Uh, Tradition-rich college Saturdays in any part of this continental United States in the lower 48 include Hawaii. Uh, You have bands, cheerleaders, fans, alumni, friends of the program. Everything that you can think of, unfathomable. Ticket sales, as I said, ticket sales, beer revenue, alcohol sale revenue, what have you. Uh, We could not sustain uh, the economic tragic loss unless the NCAA would think outside the box and be all-encompassing. I've recently read articles that the Sunbelt is alluding to the fact that they're preparing uh, the conference schools of the Sunbelt to prepare for uh, the unknown, the potential to look at taking fall sports into spring of 2021, meaning you play football April, May, June. You play football March through July and turn around and have a, the fall season. Uh, it, it's, it's such an unknown. And is it trivial for us to sit here and start talking about college football? No. I think we need to be proactive. This definition of what is the new normal is just baloney. It's boulder dash. We need to get back quickly, efficiently, and safely back to what the lifestyles, the daily rigor that we all enjoyed. That means waking up on a game day Friday, wearing your school's regalia, the colors, uh, planning out a tailgate with your folks, going on Friday evening, early Saturday morning to the Walmart, to Aldi, to Giant Eagle, to Kroger, uh, Harris Teeter, what have you. Fried chicken, hamburgers, hot dogs, bratwurst. We're getting ready for our game day. We're putting our game day faces on. And that's just fans. Can you imagine the student athletes, the dance teams, the bands, the cheerleaders? This is their life. This is what they're accustomed to. And to tell them all of your hard work, all of your dedication is now being quenched by a silent invader that we can't even really spell, we can't see, and it's causing this cataclysm throughout. And and it's not just football that it affects. It's it's lacrosse in the fall. It's lacrosse, field hockey, cross country, men and women's soccer, men and women's volleyball, the start of basketball season, the start of indoor rifle, what have you. Uh, We're really changing the way we do things. I'm not real excited about this virtual deal that we're seeing. NASCAR having its virtual races for the last uh, three weeks, uh, starting in Sonoma, uh, not Sonoma, but starting at California Speedway. Uh, We had Bristol uh, and Texas. Uh, It's just not the same thing. It looks, sounds Feels real if you have surround sound, and if you're immersing yourself in it as a driver and as a participant, I'm sure it's more realistic. It seems more whole. However, I I do not feel that this can parlay itself into having a EA Sports 2020 
and allowing 22 kids to get out and play each other uh, via PS4 or an Xbox One or a computer platform. It just doesn't have the same feel. Uh, am I scared? Yes. Uh, am I fearful of the unknown? Yes. Do I think that we're not going to have a college football season? I don't know. I'm concerned. I feel like uh, we need to consider all sources. We need to take this a step at a time, a moment at a time. And we need to wait and listen to leadership of the NCAA, leadership of the Power Five and G5, and, and see what they can come up with. Would college football be the same without fans? No. Would there be an offset financially if the NCAA would have to make amends? Yes. Would I be happy about having to watch Marshall, WVU, Florida State, Clemson, Appalachian State on ESPN Plus, uh, ESPN Family Networks, ABC, CBS, Fox Sports? No. Would it? Would I turn away and not watch it? Heck no. I would still be there. I'd still be moving on. I'd still be doing the valuable things that need to be done, supporting my programs, supporting my coaches, supporting the players, the student athletes. So uh, there, there's some bit of some unknown. But we've, we've delved into this kind of murky water, the unknown, this dark abyss. I'm going to spend a little time talking to you about why it took so long to get back on the podcast. I want to talk to you uh, about my thoughts about a couple of other subjects. And then we're going to bring in a guest tonight. Uh, we're going to have CP Chase Parks on his podcast. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, he shares with Chase Cross. Um, they're going to talk. We're going to talk about conference realignment, the potential that exists for the Sun Belt and Conference USA to merge. And if the SEC looks to expand to 16 teams, will they go that route? Question mark. Um, in this downtime, why have I not had a podcast for you? You know, during college football season, I had my eyes set on uh, football season. I went to some really wonderful places and saw some really wonderful things. Started out the season uh, with three games in four days. Uh, went on the road to uh, Tigerland, went to Clemson University and watched opening night of the ACC with Clemson Tigers versus the Georgia Tech Rambling Wreck. Yeah, the defending national champions open their season against a new offense, a new defense, and a new look Georgia Tech rambling wreck. Um, it was a blowout. Uh, it was a interesting game. It was uh, a great atmosphere. Uh, stupid me. Couldn't find my parking space after the game. If you've ever been to Clemson and go to a game, parking is all over and campus is exhausted. I was a little tired. Went up the road and traversed uh, on Friday night to watch Wake Forest and Utah State, the Aggies, out of the Mountain West Conference. Um, this game in the past, this was the third, the rubber match, with the home team winning at home there at Wake Forest two years ago, out at Utah State the previous year, and it came down to the wire in a – a uh, really good fan base from Utah State was there, and uh, watched. Uh, I watched that. Walked up and got a ticket for ten dollars. Then the third game out of that, I went to watch Appalachian open up with East Tennessee State out of the Southern Conference. An old foe, uh, regular face in the same place. 
Uh, we saw uh, the era of the Elijah Drinkowitz uh, mistake. I'll I kind of comment on that real quickly. Um, but I went to opening day uh, ceremonies that included the Hall of Fame induction, sat and spoke with uh, Jay Kearns, basketball coach of Appalachian State, and just a legendary moment with uh, former head coach Jerry Moore, uh, college football Hall of Fame member uh, Jerry Moore, and uh, had breakfast with him and his wife. Uh, we brought him in this past October of uh, fall of 19, and he spoke to our Boys and Girls Club for Henderson Vance County. We raised over $14,000 that morning. But, uh, you know, uh, and, and we watched, we just watched the, the beginning of the Elijah Drinkwitz era just open up uh, offensively. Um, defense was in some questions, but, uh, you know, we ended the season 13-1. I uh, had a snub uh, there from the uh, Georgia State. Southern uh, Eagles out of Statesboro. It was a pain. It was a horrible Halloween night. But I just couldn't get motivated to do the podcast. I had a lot of personal things going on. I couldn't devote the time that I wanted to to it. Uh, I'm president of our Rotary Club here in Henderson, and it's just a a weight and exhaustive kind of initiative. But, um, you know, college football last year was not predictable. Uh, Who would ever thought that – First-year head coach Elijah Drinkowitz would take his team to uh, 13-1. and uh, We'd have an interim coach who would get the head coaching tag slapped to him uh, right before the bowl game. Uh, a young man from Charleston, West Virginia, a product of uh, oh, the Hill, the George Washington Colonials, George Washington Patriots, uh, that we would have him leading the stead, uh, who came in as a classmate of the former head coach who's now at Louisville, and what a story that was at Louisville because they went on to uh, qualify for a bowl game and win said bowl game, and Scott Satterfield uh, had legitimacy for his program. But, you know, i got to be quite honest with you. Uh, I didn't devote the time and energy to it. Uh, We had some really decent fans, leasing more than decent. They were fantastic. But uh, we're just kind of excited, and I've been sitting here not rambling, not on script, just kind of talking to you from my heart. Well, we're going to have Chase Cross in here in a few minutes, and uh, we're doing this in another platform, and I hope I'll be able to uh, add some audio to this. But sit back in your chair, relax, and rejoice, because you'll, too, get to meet one of the co-hosts of Hell Yeah, Brother podcast. I look forward to sharing it with you. Have you ever thought about recording a podcast? Well, if you would use Anchor, you've got all the tools necessary right in one place. They upload your podcast to the greatest sites like Google, Apple, uh, Spotify, you name it, they do it. Uh, This is my third, fourth episode and actually had a guest on this evening and it's really kind of a fantastic opportunity to do some things. So uh, just go to Anchor, they give you all the tools necessary to set up your own podcast and Best of all, if a lot of people listen to it, you get paid. So try Anchor. It's anchor f anchor.fm and you're ready to roll. Have a good one. Good evening, boys and girls. I'm back here once again. We have on the line with us the infamous, soon to be famous, Chase Parks, who's coming to us from parts unknown 
in Davidson County, North Carolina. Uh, CP is a rising senior, soon to graduate from Appalachian State. Him and another buddy of ours, the executive president of the Student Joseph Club, Chase Cross, have started a podcast known as Hell Yeah, Brother! And uh, they've got two episodes in. I'm going to let Chase talk about who he is, what he's doing, and why he started a podcast. All right, well, thanks. Uh, first of all, thank you, Dennis, for having me on. This, uh, I feel like it's going to be a good time. But, yeah, like you said, I'm Chase. I'm a senior at Appalachian State, uh, getting ready to graduate in May virtually because they canceled actual commencement, which is awful. But, you know, coronavirus, what are you going to do? Um, yeah, so a few weeks ago, all the sports kind of got canceled and everything was suspended and, you know, is all in a tizzy because of the coronavirus. So, uh, but there was still a lot going on to, to talk about and a lot that I had an opinion on. And so I was texting Chase, which is a co-host for Hell Yeah Brother, and uh, I was like, you know, it'd be really cool. We should uh, we should do a podcast where we you know we can talk about the sports and you know what's going on in the world, and just tell fun stories and stuff. I think it'd be really cool. And he was surprisingly really excited about it and uh even though it was my idea believe it or not he probably did more work for the podcast than i did so um i think that we told him that on a thursday and then by that saturday we were already recording our first episode so uh we got rolling pretty quick um it's about sports and the world pretty much and really whatever we want to talk about it's our podcast we do what we want but, um, yeah, yeah, so that's, that's kind of the, the background of Hell Yeah Brother. Uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Instagram, you can follow us on at HYB Podcast and on Twitter, the HYB Pod. And follow me on Instagram and Twitter at ChasePark's24, as the numbers two, four. Uh, ChasePark's24 on Instagram and Twitter. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of the the background of hell yeah brother and uh, i'm just a real big sports guy i love talking about sports i love watching sports and playing sports so really anything there is about sports i'd probably like to do it um big football guy big ultimate frisbee guy paintball uh yeah so that's me that's the podcast well as long as you don't bring helga into the podcast sphere with us we're going to be safe and be able to move forward and have one hell of a time. But, uh, oh, yeah. So, CP, I'm going to call you Chase on here. I can't do the CP. Um, That's just fine. known you way yeah, too it, long. It, it does feel kind of weird you calling me CP. Okay. Uh, it's, it's on the podcast for anybody that doesn't know. I'm, re- I'm uh, referred to as CP because, you know, Chase and Chase, it'd be kind of confusing especially when we have guests on somebody say hey chase uh we both say what oh, what we do okay that in life so we don't need to waste time uh figuring out who you're talking to might as well just say cp or chase or whatever so um but yeah you can call me chase when you're on well chase I, I had a 15 minute segment before i got to you and uh, i kind of bemoaned about the covid19 and its adverse effects on all sports and and the only one we talk about on this podcast intimately is college football 
But, you know, there is this opportunity. Uh, you know, we were talking earlier, and we are trying to figure out the technical issues of this. Um, there was an article out there. Now, it wasn't uh, Barstool Sports. I think it was uh, Big Dog or Yard Dog. And there's so many of these now. Um, that was talking about the potential to merge the Sun Belt and Conference USA together. And I didn't know what you thought about that. I mean... You know, you've been in App State four years. Uh, it was just six years ago this past April that uh, the Sun Belt expanded and added Georgia uh, Southern, uh, added Appalachian State, and the following year uh, brought in Coastal Carolina from Conway right there at the beach, Myrtle Beach. And uh, I think it's a fairly strong conference. Uh, you've got to see it up close and personal more than me as a season ticket holder. But what would you think about if, in fact, Conference USA and the Sun Belt merged? What do you think that could look like, and how impactful could that be on college sports? Well, I think if you if you're talking about you know bringing the best teams from each conference into uh, you know together to make one conference, then I think it could be really beneficial for all those teams because one thing that I've just really not liked about um, where App State is as a program is the Sun Belt. Um, I feel like we could be in a much better conference than the Sun Belt. I think if you look at uh, look at the teams in the Sun Belt and you compare them to the other G5 schools, G5 conferences, you'll see that you know it's it's one of the it's not it's not a good conference to be in. It's definitely not. Um, I'd, I'd say it's probably one of the bottom two conferences in FBS, and that's, you know, that's kind of saying a lot because, you know, out of 130 teams, these 12 teams are in the worst conference. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you look at teams like us, uh, Georgia Southern, when they want to be good, Troy, um, uh, Louisiana Lafayette, these teams that are usually good every year um, have – strong teams every year that have gotten power five wins. Um, at least a few of them have gotten power five wins the, fa- the past few years. Uh, I think it's kind of unfair to keep them in the Sun Belt, which is, you know, the bottom half of the Sun Belt is just awful. Like, you look at teams like UL Monroe, um, I think, were they good this year? Uh, no, they were not. Didn't even qualify for a bowl. And they, they could have uh, – they, they did uh, – we didn't have to worry. We, we won out in the last game there at Troy and uh, Alabama on uh, the third week of November last year, the Thanksgiving weekend, rather. We didn't have to worry about the uh, Warhawks steeping up and beating the Raging Cajuns from down there in Louisiana, uh, Lafayette. I always think of that goofy movie, Waterboy. <laughs> yeah. But you know, Chase, Conference USA is 14 teams. Set up kind of like the Sun Belt. And if we go through this East Division, you go Middle Tennessee State, Marshall, Florida International, Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, Old Dominion, and Western Kentucky. And you look at that geographic footprint, think about taking the East side of the Sun Belt. That would give us our Appalachian State Mountaineers, Georgia State Panthers, Georgia Southern Eagles, the Coastal Carolina, Chanticleers, 
that's French for rooster. You remember how we found that out? And um, we won't, we can't say bad words on this podcast. But um, you know, in Troy, and 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 uh, uh, you know, we could really look at a dynamic kind of all sports conference and, and think about that looming rivalry. You were with me and a host of others, my buddy Robert, and my wife Lori, when we went down there to the former sexually harassing owner's name of the Panthers uh, stadium on the campus of the San Francisco wannabe 49ers, the UNC 49ers. Uh, you were there for that game. And just think what it'd be like to have a road game for people up on the mo- mountain and people down there in uh, Charlotte to be less than two and a half hours from each other for a road game. Think about that. What do you think? Oh, yeah, that would be perfect because, you know, being a small school, it's definitely a struggle to get people in the stands as opposed to being a big school like Georgia or Alabama or, you know, even ACC schools like Clemson or Wake Forest or something. Which, I mean, Wake is, you know, they, they probably struggle too because they're not very good, but uh, definitely not football school. But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a struggle to get fans in the stands. And I think, yeah, if you move teams closer together – uh, realign the conferences where you can have a game that's you know between schools that are two and a half hours away. Uh, that would be huge for both schools because I mean you think about the number of app fans that are in North Carolina just all over the place that come you know drive, already drive two three hours to come to a home game. You know that's you have one more in Charlotte that's you know two three hours away. That's just pretty much another home game. Um, with, especially with how well app fans travel, but true. Even if uh, even when you're looking at yeah, bringing in those Florida schools, um, that makes it so much easier for the Georgia teams, like Georgia State, Georgia Southern. They, you know, they're right there next to Florida, so that's not a far drive for them either. That's a, another away game that they potentially get to go to if they want to. Um, yeah, I think that could be great for. Not only the competition, but for you know travel and making money and stuff. Because you know you're getting getting people buying tickets, you're getting them in the gate, you're getting making it look like you have a ton of fans there, which I mean you would. But yeah, I think that would be great for competition and uh, money wise for all the schools. And you know, Chase, in the past history, excluding those uh, golden turkeys from Southern Miss, and we both know how we feel about them. Uh, if you look at Appalachian, been in FBS for the past six years. We're two and oh, this is this is our records against Conference USA. Two and oh against Old Dominion. Two and oh against Charlotte. Uh, one win over Middle Tennessee State, and then uh, beat the uh, runner-up in Conference USA this fall in the New Orleans Bowl. Uh, they beat uh, oh UAB, the Trailblazers, the Blazers, and they're. 0-1 against Southern Miss, and I don't know if you remember that. That goes back to the first year of the transition. It was uh, the first year of being a full member of FBS. We were on the road after that drubbing from uh, Michigan, went on the road, and it was one of the few uh, uh, field goals that the kicker, and his name is not Matt Rubino. Uh, it was the gentleman before Matt Rubino. Uh, he had his kick block. Uh, had hand on it, went wide right. And Southern Miss last year during that hurricane would not play us any other time of the year, would not reschedule a game with us, 
Wouldn't pay in a neutral stadium. They just were afraid that we were going to drub them like we had. Almost beaten Penn State two years ago and drubbed Charlotte on the road. And uh, But I just agree with you. I think it would be a bold move for Conference USA and the Sun Belt to merge and let those Western teams do a geographic footprint, let those Eastern-based teams do a geographic footprint. And, and what do you think about if we line those two uh, regular season kind of champions the best and did a Sun Belt Conference USA championship game and, and that winner, if they were ranked high enough, be that uh, G5 invite to you, the at-large that could go to the New Year's Six. What did you think about that? So you're saying take the two best, uh, like the two conference champions, mm-hmm. play them, and then whoever wins goes to the New Year's Six? Yes, sir. If they were ranked high enough. And I think you would have seen that. I think that could be yeah, I mean, I, I could see that happen. Um, I mean, we, I don't know, you look at the Conference USA, uh, it's kind of in the same predicament that Sunbelt's in. It's not really, it doesn't really have, like, a lot of great teams. Like, I don't know, say the American Athletic Conference, um, or, uh, oh gosh, what's the other one? Um, Mitmac, the Mountain West? Yeah, yeah, I mean, either... Yeah, I guess either of those. Uh, well, I guess no, Conference USA might be one of the better ones. But it's it's still kind of on the same playing field as Sunbelt, I would say, as far as the amount of good teams that are in there. Chase, they um, play their games on Facebook Live. I mean, their football games are broadcast either on CBS Sports, Conference USA, this. Uh, you know, we're guaranteed to get two, three games – conference games in October on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night on the ESPN Family Networks, but Conference USA is relegated to CBS Sports and Facebook Live. How many times have you turned into a Facebook Live game to watch? Never. Well, I have to admit I have because I am an alumni of what university in the state of West Virginia? Marshall. Marshall, home of the Thundering Herd, coached by no other than John Doc Holliday out of Hurricane, West Virginia. He was a Hurricane Indian back in the day, uh, big guy at WVU, got two national championships with Urban Meyer at Florida University. That sounds like I'm a little partial to Marshall. <laughs> but, but you know, but you think about that, Chase, we would be lifting up potentially seven teams, bringing them into a conference that has the best bowl percentage winning record in the last four years out of the G5. Hasn't been the AAC, AAC, hasn't been the MAC, hasn't been the Mountain West, hasn't been Conference USA. The best winning percentage for postseason play the past two years for the G5 has been no other than the Sun Belt. And, uh, and you kind of said it. We, 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 we go toe-to-toe. Uh, you know, when Neil Brown, new coach of West Virginia Mountaineers two years ago, uh, was looking at going out the door, they went on the road and did what? Beat the LSU Tigers in Baton Rouge. I mean, you know, uh, you were with me. We went down to Athens, Georgia to watch uh, Mountaineers play the Bulldogs. Or, you know, as a G5 school, you've been to toured the facilities here at Clemson and at Georgia Tech. Uh, you know, you've been on campus for game day at Georgia. Is there any way the G5 is, is in the same world with the P5s? I mean, there are some there are definitely some teams that deserve to be um you know power five teams probably when you look at 
some of the American Athletic Conference teams that were like, uh, what was it, Middle Tennessee that was ranked? Um, was it, is that, yeah, am I right in saying that? No, they weren't ranked. It was, uh, you, you're talking a Sunbelt team. No, Memphis, Memphis, Memphis. Memphis was, and that's an AAC school, Central Florida. Cincinnati, teams like that deserve, you know, that are ranked fairly regularly. I feel like Memphis is in there every other year or so. Um, but teams that are performing at a high level that, you know, that are already being voted into the top 25, even after three losses. Like, Memphis and Cincinnati, I thought this was extremely unfair, especially seeing as App State was 12-1 and one and was, you know, barely breaking the top 20. Um, you know, you look at Memphis and Cincinnati, probably the, the top two G5 teams um, in the nation, at least as far as rankings go, ranked in the top 15. Yes, sir. After Even after three losses, top 20, top 25, I mean, that's – they're either really good or the voting committee is really partial towards the AAC. Because I, I, I think you hit it right there on the second thing, partial. And, and, yeah. and we talked about that ad nauseum last year. You know, what else did an Appalachian have to do? Went on the road and beat Carolina Tar Heels – in their stadium, beat South Carolina in their stadium. Now, I know this is not Penn State and Tennessee and uh, future P- opponents coming up on schedule like Miami away and uh, uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. You know, I know that, but guess what? A G5 in the SEC, a P5 in the SEC is that, an SEC Eastern team. A P5 in the ACC Atlantic, guess what? That's what, no, Coastal, that's what it is. And and there's no respect for the Sun Belt. Heck, when Marshall, uh, six years ago, before we started talking and hanging out, six years ago, uh, Marshall was going into the last game this season, uh, ranked about 20th, uh, lost a thriller in overtime, double overtime to the Western Kentucky Highlanders. I was there, the Hilltoppers, rather. It was horrible. Uh, great day, but it was horrible uh, outcome. And Marshall went from uh, being a – New Year 5, New Year 6 opponent to being hosting the Northern Illinois Huskies in the Boca Raton Bowl. And that was the only bowl game that year that pitted two conference champions, the Mac champion and the Northern Illinois Huskies, whose famous alumni is Cindy Crawford, and and Marshall University, whose famous only alumni that matters, other than Brad Smith, the chairman and owner of Intuit, is the one and only Dennis Jarvis II, your intrepid host. <laughs> so um, let's move along to another subject. I, I think it's near and dear to your heart. You're a, aren't you kind of partial to an SEC Eastern team down there that wears red and black and might spell dog differently different than you and I do? Oh, yeah. Gotta love my Georgia Bulldogs. That's my, uh, that was my, my first college team. Um, I was a Georgia fan before I was an app fan, so I uh, can't really let them go. And they don't—they don't ever really have to do anything with each other except for that one time. They, Did, a couple times they played. You, each other. you remember that game you had on an app shirt and a Georgia hat, and the guy said, "What do you do? Go both ways?" Oh yeah, yeah. I, well, I got so many—I got so many dirty looks at that game from app fans and Georgia fans, and I, I did not care. I could not have cared less. Uh, I was there to see my two favorite teams in the world play each other, and I was going to have a good day regardless. So, 
that was a good time. It was. People, people just are so full of themselves and can't get past anything to, you know. So Chase, what, you know what your reasons are for anything. So well, I had fun, but people, uh, people thought I was kind of dumb. So, that, but I didn't care. So, Chase, if we could invite two teams uh, and take that footprint of 14 for the SEC and we can make it a 16 conference, 16 members, that is, who would be your two that you'd look at bringing in and why? Are we talking from G5 or just in general? In general. It could be someone from the Big Ten. It could be someone from the Pac-12. It could be someone from the AAC, the, the Big 12, whomever. Okay, well, first one, probably, like, a really obvious answer would be Clemson. Yes. Because, I mean, the the work that they've done the past five or six years has been just crazy. Like, they've gone to the national championship, what, every year the past four years? Four times. Oh, four, four out of the past five years. Um, I mean, it's just been – they're just ridiculous. Dabba Sweeney is – so good, such a good coach, and they recruit super well. I mean, I, Clemson and the SEC, they're already in the South. It just makes sense for them to be in the SEC. Um, let's see, my second one, oof, that's tough. Uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of any ACC school that's decent. Um, I guess maybe Florida State. Oh, wow. Miami. Because those are two schools that have a pretty rich football history. Um, I think Miami would do really well in the SEC. Uh, you know, yeah, either Florida, Florida State or Miami would be my, my second choice. You know, I sent you that article from uh, Saturdays Down South, and it's a just a, a diet tribe. Uh, I call it a disrag. Uh, not real big fan of Saturdays Down South. They always talk about the SEC. There's so many other conferences in the footprint of the, there's the Sun Belt, there's the Big South, there's the Southern Conference, there's the AAC, and then some other conference called the ACC, they kind of forget about. And, you know, they theorized a lot of teams, and I kind of got to concur a few. I like those two picks. You're taking a tradition-rich team with great facilities in Clemson, you're taking a tradition-rich team and great facilities in Florida State and or Miami. Um, you know, if we could – if I, I'll go another route. I won't take the, the – I'm not going to uh, – I like what you said. Don't disagree with it. Uh, I'm going to double down, and I'm going to say we take uh, Oklahoma out of the Big 12, and I'm a homer with this pick, and I think Chase is going to know who I'm talking about. The other Mountaineers and Morgantown, West Virginia – and bring them into the fold because here's the reason I say this. You bring Oklahoma, you have tradition in football, and they travel well. And it's a name, and it does that TV footprint. I'm also going to say West Virginia because top to bottom, uh, the athletics there at West Virginia is at the highest point it's been. Uh, they've got facilities that are comparable to SEC stadiums. Uh, you got a name, known quantity in baseball, basketball, women's basketball, women's soccer. And even in softball. And when I look at the overall catalog of college sports and Olympic sports, I think the addition of a West Virginia and Oklahoma is a 1B and 1C compared to, I mean, C and D compared to your 1A 
and one B. I'm, I'm, I think your two probably rival mine, and and I kind of didn't disagree with yours, and 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 that's unique as a host. But what do you think about my two picks in Oklahoma and West Virginia? I, as far as competition wise, I think those are probably a couple of the best teams that you could get to join the SEC. Um, West Virginia makes a lot of sense because it's you know it's close to a lot of the teams that play in the SEC. Uh, Oklahoma, the only thing I would be worried about was uh, proximity, would because you know Oklahoma's kind of out west a little bit. Mm-hmm. But even then, I mean the big big schools aren't worried about traveling. They're not they're not worried about how far they got to go. Um, yeah, I mean it would just adding them would just make it kind of less of the southeastern conference. Um, make it more. I don't know. It would make it more nationwide. Well, but as competition wise, I I totally agree. I think Oklahoma would be a really good team to add to the SEC. What one of the biggest reasons that I picked Oklahoma is it is a snub to uh, it's a snub to the Texas Longhorns, and you know that Longhorn network uh, is that Achilles. It's going to destroy the Big Twelve. Uh, the other partner schools, the other nine members, that's an odd conference. They only have ten, but they still say they're the Big Ten plus two. And they're really yeah, the that big. Doesn't make any sense, make any sense either. But, but, but you know, if you put Missouri, Texas A&M, and Oklahoma in the SEC, that'd be like taking one of Bevo's horns and sticking it right up the backside of every burnt sienna and white fan in that big old state and i was wearing my texas hat earlier the state flag of texas you can't be an american and not love the the uh, republic of texas but uh chase as we wind this down i i want to thank you you know what we should have given you a prize you're the first guest on outside the hole with dj2 uh we had a lot of technical difficulties that we had to overcome to record this but um you know, appreciate you being on. You had some salient points. You know, you're a student rising, graduating, and unfortunately COVID-19 took out your commencement, but I'm still going to be there to support you after this endeavor, and you go on into life. Uh, you had some really good points about Sunbelt and Conference USA. and You really trumped me on Clemson and Florida State. I should have went first. You really had two good picks in that, but – Tell us again about Hell Yeah, Brother, your podcast, and what it is, and can I be a, uh, am I a potential guest on your show in the future? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, like I said before, follow us on social media, on Instagram, HYB Podcast, on Twitter, the HYB Pod. Um, follow me at ChaseParks24 on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, yeah, and our podcast is on pretty much all the major podcast sharing uh, services, whatever you want, platforms. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, um, TuneIn, you name it, we're probably on it. So look us up, Hell Yeah Brother Podcast. We've got two episodes out, um, about to put up the third here in the next day or so. And yes, Dennis, of course, you are a future guest on Hell Yeah Brother, so don't you worry, we'll get you on there all right. as soon as we can. Well, I like the, you know, cross-promotion is a, is a big thing. And if we've learned anything from COVID-19 in this pandemic is uh, take care of those who love you. Take care of those who are around you. 
and if you're supporting each other, you're going to grow together. And uh, I sound like I'm at work when I say that, but uh, you're like you're you're one of my lifelong friends. You always will be. I think it's an honor that you're the first guest on Outside the Huddle with DJ Two. But I will say one thing: I like your podcast, uh, but I think my logo is a little bit nicer than yours. So. Uh, well, uh, we're not exactly photoshop experts dennis okay so uh, oh don't tear us up too much and if you are going to just direct it towards chase cross he's done all the work for that well so. i paid for uh, here here's the differential i paid for mine and you all came more honestly well listen big chase i want to sign off we always uh when we sign off for a podcast i don't know if you remember this or not we we uh you're a good guy you've played ultimate frisbee you've played football when you break a huddle, it's always something, some kind of triumphant building kind of cheer. And and when I close my podcast out, I say, when we break this huddle, it's win on me, win on three, one, two, three, win. So I don't know if we can say that together and, and, and move on. Are you up for that? I, I think I'm up for it. It's been a while since I've uh, since I've done a good one, two, three win, but I'll, I'll get up my best shot. Okay, you go now. All right, win on me, win on three. One, two, three, win. Win. Here we go, guys. Take care, Chase. Thanks for coming on.